one of the things that, that struck me with the research. So here, first let me walk back to what inspired me and then I'll get back into the mechanics. So whenever I was living in combination of New Orleans, San Francisco and Dallas, I was struck by, particularly in San Francisco, the horrendous problem with homelessness. And it just, it would just eat away at me seeing all these people on the street. And I thought, man, like I've always had the soft spot for people who are falsely accused or people who are uh, presumed to not have value, but uh, are capable and willing, or maybe somebody who's like in the, in an insane asylum, but they were actually sane. And so it's, so it's like, there's these people, or there are these people who have so much human potential, they have so much uh, to offer the world, but they have no way to convey that to the majority of society who've used them as somebody who's made mistakes, who's there for a reason, who's passed their prime, who's unredeemable, who, who's taking up space, they're blighting the community. And it just, seeing that these people are trapped in this uh, paradox, just like ate away at me. And I thought, wow, you know, let me, let me start interviewing them. Like, let me start talking to them. You know, I have my camera. So I did a lot of interviews. And one thing that was a unifying theme was so many people said, I, uh, you know, I could put in job applications all day long, but nobody wants to hire you if you're homeless. Like if you look like me, if you smell like me, people assume that, that you're no good, that you'll steal and just yeah. all of these bad things get attributed to them based on their circumstance. And another thing that really struck me is that what caused someone to fall into homelessness was varied. It wasn't all mental illness or debilitating drug use. Sometimes there was a domestic dis uh, dispute. Sometimes they were LGBT and then got kicked out by their family. Sometimes they're in foster care and they aged out and they didn't have anywhere to go. Sometimes they got out of prison and they couldn't get a job. I mean, there's an, and I realized that there's an infinite number of reasons that could cause somebody to fall into this situation where they're either homeless or they're, or they're either experiencing homelessness or they are a rough sleeper, they're sleeping in a vehicle or on people's floors, uh, or you know maybe they got out of prison, they have some transitional sort of housing, but if they aren't able to uh, you know, obtain income and work and have a career, then they're pretty much gonna be right back to the streets, right back to jail. And I realized that there's, there's infinite complexity behind what causes somebody to fall into one of these situations. But that doesn't mean that the solution has to be equally complex. And obviously housing is a large part of the solution, but in order for housing to be sustainable, uh, you have to have income, employment, work. That's a part of dignity. That's a part of changing how they feel about themselves. That's a part of society changing how they feel about them. It's a part of affording the basic necessities of uh, housing, food, shelter, clothing. And I thought, if only we could just pay people who have fallen on hard times to do public benefit work that needs to be completed in the community anyways, 
then we could help them build up a digital resume so that they could convey credibility, they could have a little bit of money in their pocket, they could avoid the immediate financial desperation, and they can get plugged into the existing infrastructure that we have in society that helps with housing, employment, and they have a, what I say is a puncher's chance at upper mobility. And I thought, wow, like what, the way we're currently spending money to solve these problems, like it can't be efficient. Like I know from my healthcare experience that the emergency room is is about the least efficient way that you could possibly spend a dollar to solve a problem. (laughs) And, and so I did a lot of research and one of the statistics that really struck me was that I think it was in Richmond, Virginia, was an example, was that like the median amount of money owed in rent in the event of an eviction is $686. Yet taxpayers pay $40,000 a year per person experiencing homelessness on average. So there's this huge arbitrage spread and it occurs right at that point of personal insolvency. And practically overnight, the problem becomes far more expensive to solve. And so if we can just provide an immediate barrier-free opportunity to pay people who need work, to do public benefit work that needs to be completed in the community, then we can help them get back on their feet. We can create public cost avoidance, and we can also provide charitable donors an opportunity to get a really large bang for their buck because they're not just helping someone avoid homelessness, avoid eviction, avoid incarceration. They're also able to use this massive on-demand labor force to solve social problems in their community at scale. So, uh, you know, instead of a few volunteers cleaning a beach once a month or planting trees once a month or, you know, tending a community garden once a month, you could have thousands of workers like shift by shift by shift, day by day by day, beach by beach by beach. Uh, You know, you could plant entire forests of trees and save money in the process while generating massive amounts of public benefit work. And whenever I realized that there was this huge arbitrage opportunity to generate outsized outcomes per dollar spent, then what community in the world wouldn't want to save money while reducing homelessness, reducing evictions, reducing uh, incarceration, and scaling community gardens, beach cleanups, tree plantings. Like who in the world would not want this solution? I just have to build the tech product to prove that we can connect the stakeholders, we can track the outputs and outcomes, and we can actually make this model work. So the way our model works is we work with a nonprofit partner, which in our case is earthx.org, which hosts a community fund. So that's essentially a 501c3 bank account that can receive charitable donations. And then those donations are expressly used for uh, paying unemployed or underemployed individuals to perform public benefit work. Because they're an environmental organization, then their strong preference is that the uh, dollars be spent to fund environmental public benefit work. So there's no shortage of people who need extra income and there's no shortage of public benefit work that needs to be completed. 
If this snippet of good made you want to hear more, tune in on Friday to catch the entire episode of Conversations Around Good. We have made possible by love to make good loud. If you would like to learn more, go to madepossibleby.us.